Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio, 105.1 FM, WAVA. My name is Dennis Williams. I'm Director of Minister Relations for WAVA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Folks, as we begin today, what better way to begin than to hear from the Word of God? Listen to this from 3 John. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health just as it is, as it is well with your soul. Ah, that's a good one. Our guest today is passionate about supporting churches to be faithful and healthy communities. She joins us today to help us examine our own response to the COVID crisis and to think through some practical ways to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God, especially in the days ahead. And of course, you know the drill. Here to get us going, to get us started, introduce our guest for the day is my good friend, my co-host, my buddy, senior pastor at Christian Fellowship Church in Asheville, Virginia, Pastor Brian Bales. Dude, it is good to see you, man. Yeah, you know, there's an uh, old cheesy movie quote that someone said in the movie, said that you had me at hello. I'm not going to mention the movie. <laughs> But there are certain verses that when people quote, they grab my attention immediately. They had me at the quote of Micah 6, 8. You've told you, old man, what is good. What does yes. he require of you? I Amen. Love, Amen. love that section of scripture uh, because God's like, hey, in, in case you're wondering what you're supposed to do, I've kind of told you already. And, <laughs> um, and, and we're going to talk truth. about that. We're going to talk yeah. about how doing justice, love mercy or love kindness and walking humbly how this plays into this interesting intersection that we're going to talk about today. And so happy to have in the studio, Dr. Shauna St. Clair Fleming. She is a dynamic health scientist, equity advocate, and ordained minister. She has nearly two decades experience championing both national health promotion initiatives and being involved in ministry. She currently worships at New Bethel Baptist Church in Washington, D.C., and also within the Christian Church's Disciple of Christ Capital Area Region. Dr. Fleming holds a PhD from Emory University School of Public Health. I believe you may know a little bit about Emory. Wait Dennis. a minute. Wait a minute. Is that for sure? I graduated from Emory, Dr. Fleming. So we're glad to finally have someone helping Emory out a little bit yeah. more, right? That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, from Emory School of Public Health. She has a master's degree from Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. She also has an earned Master of Divinity from Vanderbilt University. She received the St. James Academy Award for Excellent Oratory Preaching and the Wilbur F. Tillett Award for Best Work in Ethics. She is also a proud alumna of Spelman College with a Bachelor of Science in Biology. We find ourselves once again, Dennis, with a privilege and opportunity of interviewing someone who's a lot smarter than us. So, Buddy, I was going to say, man, oh man, she's such a loafer. I mean, yeah, what? exactly. Well, Dr. Like, Fleming, we joke on, around man. a little bit, but we are serious <laughs> about how glad we are to have oh, you thank on God the show today. You. Thank God for it's you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's, I, went, it's I went to the School of Theology, by the way, Doctor. I got to put that in, Brian. Come on, you got to get that in. I went to, <laughs> I went to, I went to Candler, Doctor Fleming. Yeah. Oh, nice. There's great yeah, people yeah. there. Yeah, I had a yeah, lot yeah. of friends on campus from Candler. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it's always really interesting to see how certain things intersect together. Um, I, when I did my doctor work, I did it on the intersection of belief systems and how people manage conflict. And people look at me and go, why in the world would those two things ever go together? And how did you get there? And I think there might be some people who, who as they hear their bio, see this intersection between health and faith throughout your career and wonder, what made you wind up there to pursue that intersection in your studies? 
Sure, that's a great question. And, you know, I always felt between these two areas. Um, I always felt called to both areas. And I always thought both of them in ministry. So I was the odd person who was a biology major in undergrad, but started a campus ministry to think about how we get people together. And mm -hmm. a person cool. who was in divinity that's school cool. and working on health promotion topics. Um, I think that part of it is just realizing how important the body and the spirit is, and you can't really have one at its best without the other. Yes. And so it always felt um, odd for me to work within ministry without thinking about, well, how are people living? Are they, are they staying alive long enough to find God and to be in real relationships and to have healthy bodies, but spiritually not be well is a challenge too. So um always interested in both. And it definitely emerged for me um, and thinking through what does it look like to be a minister and promote equity within health? Yeah, you bring up a really great point. I think if we've been in a church background, a lot of our listeners have, may have found themselves in a moment where they're in a gathering or in a worship service. And there's a lot of focus specifically on uh, making ourselves better spiritually, but there's some very clear things in scripture that are spiritual implications towards our physical body. And, and mm -hmm. so, you know, sometimes we don't really talk about that in that way. And during a pandemic, I, I think there's also greater opportunities to change one direction or the other with all kinds of things, certainly as we grow deeper in our relationship with God, but also with our health. And so in the midst of a time that we're still in, how do we know that God cares both about sure. our physical bodies that we know from scripture that he created, but also the health of the bodies that he created? Sure. I think that's a great question. Um, and I think that situations remind us of this. Christians, we have a, a really good knack of making spiritual metaphors out of things that were very physical references in the Bible. So we have a prayer that says, give us this day our daily bread. And yes, mm -hmm. we do want spiritual, to be spiritually fed by God. But also it's a time where everyone wasn't eating. And so there's a real prayer for food. And right now during the pandemic, when the economy is being hit so hard and the lines um, are being wrapped around corners for food pantries, uh, we know what the prayer means um, to, yeah. know, to yeah. really want bread for mm -hmm. us and for the people that we love or people in our communities. And so consistently, we talk about um, people who follow Christ were physicians. There's a crowd around, and Jesus creates um, bread or expands loaves so that the food goes further. There's talk about healing because people were sick. And so um, it's easy to spin it towards just thinking about the spirit. But there's a lot of conversation in the Bible about people's physical and mental health being well. And I think that uh, especially now when so many people are thinking about wellness, it's a great time to circle back to these scriptures that we've known for so long to remember that, yeah, how, how can mm -hmm. we make these things manifest for populations um, that we're talking to? Yeah, you make such a wonderful point that we can have a tendency to over-spiritualize something to the extent that we forget the actual physical application. I remember one guest one time talking about we look at that section of scripture where it says, love your neighbors yourself. And they say, well, who is my neighbor? And Jesus' point was, well, everybody that we come in contact is with a neighbor. But sometimes we over-spiritualize their neighbor that we don't love our next door neighbor. Like we can't <laughs> take that out of there. You know, mm -hmm. and you make yeah. such a great point, which is give us this day our daily bread. Certainly it's a, it's a talk about provision spiritually, but it is about this idea. They were in a scenario, in a situation 
where it, it was hard. It was different. I just spent some time looking through the book of Mark in chapter eight, how we fed 4,000 people. And then, you know, Jesus uh, gets on the boat with the disciples to go across the sea and they only have one loaf and they're wondering where they're going to get bread. Like, you know, they, he's there with him and he can provide. Now, when we find ourselves now talking about this intersection of health and our bodies, we there's no way that we can take a moment and not think about the impact that the, the COVID virus has had uh, specifically uh, in, in many in, in neighborhoods and in many churches. And when it's had that impact, it's brought about what I would like to say is maybe some misinformation about the virus. But certainly now as we find ourselves in a place where we've just got the third vaccine, at least in the United States, approved uh, for use in that way and some other aspects around it. So how do we respond as people of God to maybe some dangerous misinformation about the vaccine and what comes with it and how it can help our bodies and health? And maybe even before we talk about how do we respond, maybe there's some specific misinformation as, a, as you're out there, Dr. Fleming, that, that you're hearing, that people are, are maybe well-intentioned, but inaccurate in what they're perpetuating. Sure. I would say that the best way that we counter misinformation is um, offering as much positive and accurate information from reliable sources. Yes. One of the challenges, I think there's a couple of challenges with where people are getting information from and um, for, for several reasons. And I'll start with this by saying um, correcting sources. Um, and I'll say to even with me, I am uh, a trained uh, doctor of philosophy. I'm not a medical doctor. And so when people come to me with information, I will say, I'm happy to talk to you about researching health equity and the research that's behind the studies, but you should talk to your doctor, your physician about whether, about the best paths for you, how to be treated, how to be diagnosed. And so it's within congregations as well as a minister, um, I am not, not giving medical advice. And so for churches, it is figuring out where your limitations are, staying in our lanes, and then pushing people back to reliable information. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, has some great information. Within DC, um, the DC coronavirus website has some really, it's coronavirus.dc.gov. They keep a lot of things up to date with what's happening with the vaccine, background, and those are simple ways to push people to accurate information. Um, yeah. But there's has been a lot with whether or not the vaccine is real, if it's whether or not coronavirus is real. And to your point of being so spiritual that we ignore the things in front of us, there are a lot of real realities that are showing us that people are, are hurting and injured and mm -hmm. um, suffering and dying from this very serious condition. And so any ways that we can push them to real resources that offer help um, is, is welcomed. Yes. Yeah, it is possible that, that people might be listening, whether they're listening right now on the radio or listening later on a podcast, and they find themselves in this moment that can occur in all of our lives where the difficulty and the challenge and the hardness of the COVID-19 pandemic um, has, has been so prevalent in their life that it has colored their view of what God wants to do in the midst of it such that they see hopelessness instead of, as you've experienced, and I hope that people will hear this from you in just a second, that even in the midst of a pandemic like this, it presents endless opportunities for the church to exhibit the gospel, to do Micah 6.8, do justice, love kindness, walk humbly. What do you mean by that? Absolutely. Um, I think the coronavirus um, pandemic has made so clear some of the inequities that were already existing. 
which is um, why some groups are experiencing so much trauma and frustration. Um, the pandemic was hit so hard for groups who are already experiencing chronic disease um, issues. Um, the challenges with rolling out vaccines and getting them to people in time shows the challenges of whether or not people have access to care um, facilities in their communities and their neighborhoods. And so um, a lot of the ways that we can do justice and love kindness and walk humbly is acknowledging those inequities and figuring out what are ways that we can not only respond to the coronavirus and the current pandemic, but to all of the systemic issues and challenges in these communities that allowed it to get this bad. Mm. Um, and, and, and then the, and so coronavirus, the health system, and then also as everyone responds um, to the economic downturn that was caused by the coronavirus pandemic, um, again, there's people who don't have food, who've lost jobs, who are figuring out where they're working. And so to really respond to people's realities during the coronavirus is responding to the health issue, as well as the economic issues, as well as mental health and grief. Um, it's figuring out where we can plug in to, to help people get through it. I think there's an encouragement there, too, that I'm hearing from you is that um, we have an opportunity, even in the midst of difficulty, uh, instead of waiting to the next scenario that inevitably will happen, that mm -hmm. will, again, highlight inequity, highlight where justice needs to be done, where kindness needs to be delivered better. Instead of waiting to be reactive, we can take this moment and be proactive towards whatever might be in the future to see the good news of the gospel be infiltrated into so many communities and neighborhoods that don't have access, as you mentioned, like struggles with, with at least the first two vaccines, Moderna and Pfizer, as we understand, needed to be refrigerated and then having people come back twice, you know, which then you compare it to what they're saying theoretically about the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. The good news, it's one, but its effectiveness isn't high. So yeah. you're getting it into areas that need it more, but they don't have as high of an effectiveness rate. There's so many things that certainly this is bringing to the forefront that for many people like you and others already knew that were there, but for many others who are now finding themselves looking into a, a reality that they were unaware of, we can't walk away and say, now we can't do anything about this. In fact, for churches and pastors, we have mm -hmm. a call to, to act. And, and one of the things that as a pastor myself at Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, one of the questions that I, I've struggled with, and we have a lot of pastors, a lot of church people who listen to this show, is how do we minister? How do we help encourage individuals, families, groups, or whatever it might be, who have isolated themselves either out of an absolute good medical reason or maybe uh, an overabundance of fear in this moment, which I'm not here to critique that, just explaining what it might be who've isolated themselves from the community that helps them then a community that they need to walk through and refuse to engage. For pastors and ministers who are thinking about that, what would you share with them? Sure. So the, the scripture that has been uh, in my mind during this season is that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. And it doesn't mean that things aren't fearful. It is in the middle of these um, challenging situations, these fearful situations, how can we respond in all of these ways? Um, power to show love and to have a sound mind. Mm -hmm. um, and so there is power in us figuring out what are ways that we create opportunities for people to be healthy and safe. 
And sometimes that is, you know, reminding people to be safe and wear masks and stay home or, um, you know, to not be in community. Um, but there's power of giving, um, new, giving solid information. Um, there's even power in helping people deal with mistrust that they have towards these systems right. and giving them new tools of what to trust. But the, the love piece too is something that's real. So even though you are not in person, um, sometimes the best way to love someone in this moment is not to be in a large congregational setting, but there are ways that we can still show that love of Christ. And so um, there have been um, outdoors people, there have been um, prayers, reaching out and calling people. It is um, calling and check-ins. There's Facebook and Instagram, and all social media methods that people are using to stay connected. Um, it's going the extra effort. Uh, mm-hmm. There's definitely all of us need to be checked on um, and reached out to and prayed with in this time. So physically distant, but socially present as much yeah. as possible. And I love what you've not tried mm-hmm. to do here is give a one size fit all answer that it, it's very contextualized. Uh, my father, uh, he has type two diabetes, has had a quadruple bypass and congestive heart failure. So if you started checking off all the risk factors, he, he hits a lot of them. And uh, when his local church body opened back up, he lives in Ohio. Uh, and he called me and said, hey, I think I'm going to go the first week. And I was like, don't do that. Right. And, you know, you have a pastor telling your own your own father, don't gather in the first week. You know, he, he thought like he had called the wrong person in that way. <laughs> but we talked to no, no, we're not saying not gather. But how does. How do you how do you honor with wisdom uh, what to do and what next? I love that that just this reminder that it's not one size fit all and this encouragement that we give a lot on the show is that God can give you direction. Be around, seek Him, ask Him to lead you, and be around a good community that can also uh, help you and understand how you engage and how you should engage both people who are struggling and both people who are not struggling. Now, as you have worked in the local church and also you've worked certainly in many, many health initiatives, what are some of the greatest needs you're seeing that are being overlooked? The greatest needs within the church that are being overlooked? Either one, whatever. I mean, I want to give you an opportunity, maybe address some stuff that people might have thought of. Yeah. So um, mental health is one thing. Um, so a lot of people are grieving. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're talking about over 500,000 deaths. And so people have lost someone close to them. Um, and there's a lot of loss. And especially within communities where um, the death rates have been especially high. So African-American communities, lower income communities, Latino communities in the U.S. Um, and so how we're dealing with grief currently. Uh, my mother is a grief counselor and uh, works with uh, Capital Caring, who does support for it in hospice care and um, counseling for groups locally in D.C. Um, and have found how important it is to help people deal with those losses. Um, being patient with people, I would say and mm-hmm. finding out ways that you can offer therapy recommendations and counseling and group sessions and reading to really deal with um, all of that. And some of the grief has been physical people. Some of it has been grieving situations, grieving um, job losses, grieving changing circumstances and not seeing family, but just handling those. Um, so that'll be one. Another thing I think is um, being patient with people and probably pushing more on systems. So some people um, need patience because it's taking time to figure out what they want to do with the vaccine. I'm a strong advocate for the vaccine or vaccines. And I also realize that some people it's taking time for them to know what to do with it. So being patient and get and offering information. Um, 
being patient with people who are concerned to even tell they've been diagnosed positive for COVID right. and loving and accepting and, and encouraging that they're loved by God and by us, no matter what. Um, so showing extra love and encouragement and patience during this time, because we are trying to operate at full capacity mm-hmm. while we are socially starving from a lack of social interaction and yes. um, also being impacted by the conditions. But um, that said, patient yeah. people and then pushing on a lot of different systems. So always asking what are ways that we're asking for policies to be stronger to resolve the equity issues that were happened before and that are exacerbated by COVID, mm-hmm. whether it's in economic systems or um, within ways of dealing with disease, disease and health and wellness initiatives. Yeah, and I'm sure right now there's, you know, just a lot of people who are hearing this, especially involved in a church and, and saying, hey, we need to do a better job of advocating around health and health care. And one of the things I do encourage you to do is uh, if you're a Twitter follower, go to Twitter, uh, hit her up. It's at Shauna, S-H-A-U-N-A, Ph.D., at Shauna, Ph.D. You can get a hold of her there and maybe ask her some specific questions around some things that you think, hey, where God has placed us uniquely in our community, how can we better advocate? How can we do this? I'm sure Dr. Fleming would be a, a fountain of good information in that way. But one of the things that as we begin to close our show today that, that we often like to ask is around what you want to encourage people with and maybe what something God has taught you. So I'll let you choose. You can encourage somebody with something today if that's what you want, or maybe just something that God's choosing to teach you right now in the midst of this. Sure. Um, so something that God is teaching me that I think can also encourage others is to, um, yeah, I think patience with myself. Um, I think mm-hmm. ministers um, and all people are working on a lot of different things in one time. So they're for, for pastors who are uh, working distantly and still reaching out to the same number of congregation members and trying to pull things together. Um, people for parents who are homeschooling and working and trying to figure out everything in the middle of uh, the current situation. Um, for people who've had losses, just patience with ourselves. Life looks different right now, and that's okay. And so, um, giving some flexibility. So, church might look different, but God is still the same. Family life might look different. Um, you may not see loved ones, but like that love is still present. Um, that where we go, where we, where we interact looks different right now, but there are a lot of things underlying the system that are okay. Yeah. And so um, with that, giving a lot of space for self-care and um, self-nurturing and uh, embracing these changes that have happened. Yeah, that's such a wonderful reminder. Dennis, as I was uh, listening to Dr. Fleming, I had this song pop in my head when I was a kid, I learned in church called He's Still Working On Me. To make me what I ought to be. Took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be because he's still working on me. Uh, And uh, for some of us, Dennis, this is my, you know, weekly shot at your age. He's been working on you longer than me, but God is good (laughs) and patient in that way. Thanks, Dr. Fleming. We really appreciate you. Man, I was going to say, Brian, that for you and I, God has to be super patient and work a long time, man. That's right. Dr. Fleming, God bless you, man. Thank you so very much. One of the things that just leapt out at me when you were, as you were closing, and it was so simple and yet so profound, was that so much has changed for us, and yet God's still the same. Mm Mm-hmm. 
God's still the same. God is still there for us. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, by the way, you did Emory University really proud, but more (laughs) importantly, you did the Lord God really proud as one of his ministers and one of his children. So thank you so much for that. We love you for coming on. We're so grateful to you for coming on. Folks, Brian said it once, but let me say it again. If you want to get a hold of Dr. Fleming, um, you can go to her Twitter handle, (laughs) easy for me to say, right? At Shauna, PhD, that's S-H-A-U-N-A, PhD, at Shauna, PhD. Remember, folks, you can also go to goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Listen to this again on podcast, or you can call me at the station, 703-807-2266. I want to remind y'all, you always hear it every week. It's the gospel that makes a way.